Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.
after battling an intense lifelong fear of the dark, Sylvia decided to become a ghost hunter, and as a paranormal investigator, she has made many media appearances, including a tiny part in the Ghost Hunter episode, Prescription for Fear, about the Peoria State Hospital. She is also the writer, director, producer, and host of the True Ghost Story podcast, Lights Out, available on YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and anywhere else great podcasts are found. And tonight, Sylvia is here to tell us about her new book, Fractured Souls, More Hauntings at the Peoria State Hospital, and perhaps she'll tell us a few ghost stories from her book, The Spirits of Christmas, The Dark Side of the Holidays, as well. Welcome to the show, Sylvia. We love having you back. How are you? I am fantastic. It is so good to be back with you both. It's been too long. Yeah. <laughs> We're so glad to have you. Thank you. So so we want to hear more about the Peoria State Hospital. What have you got for us? <laughs> well, it turns out that people didn't stop having experiences there when I typed the end at Fractured Spirits. <laughs> People kept uh-huh. having experiences. People people kept experiencing ghost stories. So after a while, I realized that I had enough material for another book, which is called Fractured Souls. Even more hauntings at the Peoria State Hospital. This is just a hopping place. Why do you think it's so so haunted? Right. Well, I really believe that. It's because of the incredible care that the patients got there. I mean, this place started at the beginning of the 20th century, 1902. And Mm -hmm. at that point in time, they were still doing cold water baths. They were still doing, really, they they were still using straitjackets. They were still using... Utica cribs to lock people away from the world just because they happen to have mental issues and to come Mm -hmm. to a place and find yourself in a place where you're in a cottage with a garden and a chicken coop outside and you get to have lunch with everyone around you. You get to have dinner with the entire population. You get to have dinner in a dining hall. You get to wear your own clothes. You're not in a hospital Uh uniform. Dr. Zeller really believed that to take away a man's clothes was to take away his dignity. So he, there were no uniforms there. There, the people that came there wore their own clothing and they felt so much more comfortable doing that. And this was a place that helped a lot of people. A lot of people returned Mm -hmm. to their families cured of their mental issues, or at least much better able to manage them. And some people didn't. Some people were just too damaged, and they spent their entire lives at the Peoria State Hospital eating three meals a day of locally grown food, doing productive jobs during the day, working on crafts in their free time and artwork, they were cared for. And I really think that that is why it is still so incredibly haunted because this is a place where they felt at home. Yeah. It sounds like most of the haunts are good ones, pleasant ones. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, Most of the spirits are there because they want to be, and they're – 
basically just going about their lives the same as they did back between 1902 uh-huh. and 1973. They're, they've just returned, and they're going about their daily business. Wow, why did this place even close down? Did they run out of money or funding? Well, that was part of it, yes. In the mid-1960s, there was a big remodel of the entire asylum, and we, we made our doorways wider to be ADA compliant for wheelchairs to get through. Mm. And the, some of the buildings had been around since 1902. So mid-1960s, they were starting to show some signs of, of aging and wear. So we uh-huh. asked the state for money to do all this big remodel. And the state gave it to us, but they also took a good, long, hard look at the asylum. And what they found was that we had the highest rate of reintegration into society of any asylum in the United States. We were also the most expensive. Mm. So in their infinite wisdom, the state of Illinois Uh. started cutting funding. So instead of Dr. Zeller's ideal of one nurse for every two patients, then you have one nurse for every five patients, and then one nurse for every ten patients. And then one nurse for every 60 patients. Oh, gee. And it was nope. at that point that I don't want to say abuse because these were dedicated staff members, but there were some laxness that crept in sure. to the care because they, be. just, they were just spread too thin. So, oh, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite haunt there? Oh. Oh boy, Rhoda Derry is our most beloved spirit, and I, I, she is just wonderful. She, her story is so touching and so compelling. There's also another personal favorite spirit of mine. His name is Christopher, and he lives in the, or he hangs out <laughs> in the basement of the Pollock Hospital, which was the tuberculosis ward. And I've had personal experience with him. I've had personal conversations mm-hmm. with Chris with the Can help of a psychic medium. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I met Chris several years ago. He held my hand, which basically came across as my hand feeling warm and tingly. And uh-huh. I knew there was something going on, and there was a sensitive in the group that night, and she said, yes, someone's holding your hand. So I, I started actually having a bit of a relationship with the spirit down in the basement of this building. And wow. it was several years later that I was there with a very talented psychic medium. Her name is Diane Lockhart. And she was able to... Chris and communicate with him and I actually after several years of this I got to have a conversation with Chris with Diane's help and we had established earlier that Chris is fond of me which is why he holds my hand because there was another psychic medium that said he loves you not in a romantic way but you remind him of someone he loved very much when he was alive So with Diane's help actually talking with him, we established that he was about 22 years old when he passed away from tuberculosis. Um, He said the last year he remembers is 1905. And the reason he likes me so much is that 
um, I remind him of his sister. Aww. Yeah. He grew up on a farm in Indiana and um, developed some sort of mental issue. We can't we can't pin down. We can't. He's not told us what his mental problem was, but he okay. got sent to the Peoria State Hospital. And while he was there, most likely that's the the order in which things happen. While he was there, being treated for a mental issue, um, he developed tuberculosis and and died there. Sometime around wow. 1905. Yeah, and we have most records of, uh-huh. of 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 Doctor Zeller treating patients for tuberculosis and the detailed, not names, of course, because of privacy issues, but we have uh-huh. records of, you know, five or a dozen patients being treated over the winter of 1903 to 1904 and being treated, and some of these patients survived. He was a very big wow. believer in fresh air therapy. So. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the buildings that were being used as a tuberculosis hospital, they set up big canvas tents, and the sides would roll up. And for, for on nice days, the patients could sit out and have fresh air therapy. And uh, Chris has told us about being outside in the winter in a tent, and he said, if you were next to the stove, the wood-burning stove, it was great. If you were far away from the stove, it wasn't that comfortable. <laughs> so he's, he, it's so fascinating to be able to communicate with the spirit, even if it's with the help of a translator, but to be able mm-hmm. to communicate with the spirit that, that, that solidifies that historical research that you've done. Sure. Just yeah. fascinating. That's wonderful. And it backs up the research, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, it, it, we rarely hear about happy haunts, even though I think the majority <laughs> of them are happy, um, in my experience too. But um, we have to ask since we're a horror show. Do you have any spooky stories from Peoria <laughs> or maybe from your Christmas book? Oh boy! <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> There, oh, tell um, us a scary story. There, there are a. Okay, here's another example of a story of a of a haunting being backed up by the historical record. We have Ooh. a spirit in the basement, or no, not in the basement. I'm sorry, in the in the hallway of the Pollock Hospital, close to the. Mm-hmm. the end of the hallway near the men's death ward. And this this spirit is kind of a bully. He likes to run up on people and scare them. We have named him Heavy Boots because that's how he manifests, is threatening Ah. footsteps thundering up the hallway towards you. And yeah, exactly like that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that is his... M.O. is he likes to threaten people. He likes to scare them. He gets a charge out of that fear that people experience. So wow. when, when the, the hospital was a going concern, um, it, it, was, it was going 24-7. I mean, it was a working hospital <laughs> as well as an asylum. So... Um, the the 
there were staff working all of the time. I mean, there was, it was round the clock care. So mm-hmm. um, there were people. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for something in in the book here to get. Ah, there we go. Oh, okay. um, looking for for dates and and names for this. So. There were two patients at the tuberculosis ward in um, the 1950s in the, the Pollock Hospital. And these were young men. They were, uh, they, they picked up mild cases of tuberculosis, so they were being treated in the men's ward, which, you know, that <laughs> end of the building was the, death, was the men's ward and the men's death ward. So James Spar and Jesse Bonham were rooming together, getting over their cases of tuberculosis. But before they were TB patients, they were mental patients. And Ooh. one night, James uh, came barreling up behind Jesse. And for reasons known only to himself, James thwacked Jesse right across the back with a broom handle. And Jesse uh-huh. was rather understandably upset by this completely unprovoked <laughs> attack. Yeah. <laughs> so he picked up a floor polisher and beat the living crap out of James with it. And James ended up <laughs> James ended up dying at the scene. The, the Jesse beat him to death with a floor polisher. Wow. Yeah. No yeah. particular. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh Jesse was subdued after that and the, you know the 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 attendants got wind of what was happening and they, they came onto the scene and, and um, Jesse was examined by psychiatrists later on. And he, he did a stretch of time in the hospital for the criminally insane. I mean, you just don't go beating people to death with a floor polisher. So right. here we have, <laughs> so here we have an attack in the wee hours of the night, an attack that ends in a violent beating death. And these are both uh. young guys. They're they're full mm-hmm. of piss and vinegar. That Jesse was 25, and James, who was the one that got beaten to death, was 33. So mm-hmm. the spirit, Jesse, or, I'm sorry, James, who was this is the spirit that gets left behind in the hallway of the Pollock Hospital. He's probably carrying around a, an immense load of guilt and anger. I mean, here he comes. You know, maybe he's playing a joke. Yeah, hey, I'm going to hit my roommate with a yeah. broom handle, and it ends up <laughs> he ends up beating me to death. So yeah. it's the perfect recipe for making a ghost. And James probably yeah. had in his mind a perfectly good reason to whap Jesse with a broom handle. But it ended <laughs> very, very badly for him. <laughs> he had no idea that Jesse would overreact the way he did. So, yeah. This is probably wow. that heavy boots is probably the spirit of James Spar. So Makes yeah, sense. that's he's uh-huh. still hanging around. He's still trying to scare people. You know, getting beaten to death with a floor polisher would probably leave someone with a lot of unresolved issues. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of all the ways to go, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so this is this is a spirit who is. That people don't change after they die. This is the spirit of a guy yeah. who was belligerent in life, and he's carried that belligerence over onto the other side. He just likes to scare yeah. people. 
So there's a lot of this ties into the the theories that that you know I've I've been um, reading a lot about. Um, you know, there's there's so many theories on what happens you know when we die, and of course nobody knows. And you know, a lot of people think we just kind of you know well just we're energy and we just kind of you know dissipate yeah. go off into whatever but but our personalities yeah. or whatever are kind of gone and then there's another there's another you know um school of thought that that says you know the mind you know or consciousness doesn't die so this would suggest obviously mm-hmm. something like that is that what you you believe in your um you know having been doing what you've been doing for so many years what what do you believe kind of happens when, I when absolutely we die? believe that our consciousness survives in some way i have read so much and i've had experiences through interpreters psychic mediums and with other people from the other side and i really <laughs> believe that it may not be the entire package. It might not be, you know, some way. It, it might not survive in a in a situation where I can sit and talk on the phone with you and I have all my faculties and, and I remember everything that happened to me ever since I was a little kid. It might not be that much of a survival, but mm-hmm. I do really believe that there is something, a spark that survive yeah. that we can if we're able to if we're able to make that connection with the living that we can if, if we're lucky enough to be talking with someone who can see or hear mm-hmm. us or feel us we can get that point across we can get that aspect of our personality across and say hey this is who i was i'm pleased to right. meet you I I would think a personality, as opposed to the essence or soul, the personality, especially in a strong one, would survive. And it would seem like it it would have a certain intelligence, but it wouldn't be the complete, just like you're saying. That would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I've I've thought about it a lot, and that's what makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Very cool. It's it, it's a, it's an interesting thing because you know it's so it, it people consider it so you know skeptics I, I you know people who are you know incredibly skeptical or I should say you know closed minded about it you know consider it so yeah. far fetched and yet if you think about it isn't our existence isn't consciousness itself pretty far fetched <laughs> isn't what we're yeah. doing right now pretty far fetched if you really think about yeah. it you know yes, you know I, mean? I agree completely alister <laughs> completely <laughs> it's like, if you start yeah. thinking a little if you start thinking about it you, you you know you can you know i think we've all kind of done this or at least <laughs> maybe i'm just assuming but you know you can sit up yeah. all night thinking Thinking these things, oh my God, where did where did we come from? How is this happening? What's animating me? What are thoughts? You know, yeah, you don't even have to be on acid to do it either. I mean, exactly, just look at your exactly. hands. I mean, yeah, yeah. got opposable thumbs. We exactly. cry emotional tears. Right, yeah, exactly. pretty darn Not cool. Exactly. I, I I think I think that uh, one of the most interesting things is. Uh, I think when I really had my moment of, uh, I don't know what to call it, a moment of clarity where I realized there was more to life than, you know, and I don't know what, I don't have the answers, I don't subscribe to any particular religion or or belief per per se, but, you know, I think that my big moment of, of, you know, 
reckoning was in biology class when I learned how when I learned about the human body and how it mm-hmm. you know it's it was actually pregnancy in in particular it was you know the, the from conception to birth the way the human you know the fetus is formed I'm just like wow there's there's something going on here that's a lot more than you know we think we take for granted so I'm curious yeah. what was your moment did you did you have a moment in in your life where you're like you know i want to dig deeper i want to learn more oh. <laughs> well gosh um i think it's been growing slowly um since i've started actually going out and finding haunted places and hanging out in those haunted places and absorbing that not only the the atmosphere and the surroundings mm-hmm. but the mindset too yeah um, oh yeah i consider myself um less of a paranormal investigator and more of a paranormal reporter i like going oh, out yeah. and finding like these stories oh thank you yeah. I like I like finding the stories. I like finding people's experiences. I adore it when people share their experiences with me. That takes such trust and such vulnerability sometimes. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm grateful to know anything I can about people's experiences with the other side. And it's just been years and years of this, of not only reading it, but talking to people and being in these places that has just solidified my belief that there's something there (laughs) and my desire to share that with other people. I mean, we're so lucky to have people who are willing to share their experiences, and I want to be the conduit for that. I want to, to find these stories and share them with other people so that people know, you know, hey, if you think there's a life after death, more power to you. Here is something that will encourage that belief. Right, right. And you know what? Congratulations to you for doing that. I, yeah. I think that it's fantastic what you're doing. I love I love your books. I love what you do. I love your, your you. journey to paranormal reporter. That's fantastic. I, I like that. Um, we are yeah. uh, running a little low on time, though. Um, so could you tell us what you're working on next? I know that before the show... Uh, you were telling us a little bit about some very exciting stuff. I don't know if you can talk about it publicly, but if you can, or whatever it is you can tell us, uh, what, what, what's, what's up next? <laughs> well, um, I, I'm not going to say a whole lot because I want people to be surprised, but one of the projects that I'm working on that is um, it's probably going to take a little while because it's a very ambitious project, but I am working on a Ghost a Day book. I have found ghost stories for every single day of the year, including leap year. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, great. So I can't that's, that's going to take a while to, to write, but it's, it's coming along, and I am so excited about this project. It's going to be a blast, and I can't wait to share it with people. That is so that's unique. I love it, and I'm wonderful. glad that you're able to talk about it because that's, that's what I was, Thank you know, you. yeah. That's what we were talking about before oh, the show, and I, I love it. I love it. Here's oh, a yeah. sneak peek about. I'll give you. I'll give you two sneak peeks. Okay. All right. Um, there's. All right. So, the first hint is for February 14th. I am not going to be writing about the St. Valentine's Day massacre. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
been done to death. <laughs> a different story yeah. for Valentine's Day that has nothing to do whatsoever with the St. Valentine's Day massacre <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah. gang and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and the other one is there's, I found something really wonderful. Um, I, I, it's in the middle of January, and I don't remember the I, – I want to say it's January 18th, but I found mm-hmm. an absolutely – most of these are delightful stories. Uh, I found a delightful story about a ghost who um, – the family is one of those families that likes to leave the tree up quite a lot. I have two dogs uh-huh. now. <laughs> and two cats, yeah. so we have not had a Christmas tree at our house for quite some time because <laughs> oh. these two dogs have tails with minds of their own, so we just don't do a tree. <laughs> but when I did do a tree uh, before getting the dogs, I was one of those people who would put it up maybe the week before Christmas and leave it up till like, Martin Luther King Day. I was so bad about taking my <laughs> <Sure>. tree down. <laughs> uh-huh. And I found this, a story about a, a, an older gentleman's spirit who um, his family would leave the tree up till the middle of January, and the spirit finally gets incensed with the tree being up, and he knocks the tree over <laughs> every year. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, nice. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like a cat, but you don't have to feed well, him. Well, I'm super yeah. excited about that, and, of course, mm-hmm. we will Thank have you, you back to talk about that and whatever other projects yeah. you have, or just if you just want to come back and talk anytime you know where to find us. We love having you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I always feel so welcome on this show. Thank you. You Aww. are. Oh, well, you we are. love and, having and you. We do, we do. And congratulations on the, on, the, on the latest book. And before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and your work? I sure will. I am at sylviaschultz.wordpress.com. That's S-H-U-L-T-S. And right now we are smack in the middle of the 12 Nightmares of Christmas. From December 13th to December 24th, every year I do the 12 Nightmares of Christmas, and every single day I post, oh, recipes for Saturnalia feasts and Christmas-themed ghost stories and um, different uh, trivia about Christmas. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So visit that. And also at Sylvia Schultz. Thank you. At sylviaschultz.wordpress.com, you can also, at the top of the page, find um, the link to Lights Out, which is my podcast. And the the one that the show that is coming up, it's being posted on Sunday, is my overnight visit to the Villisca Axe Murder House. Oh, I gotta hear that. Yeah, you're going to want to tune in for that. (laughs) All right. Well, Sylvia, thank you for being on. Thank you for a Mm -hmm. good time, as always. And uh, again, you're welcome back anytime, as you well know. And uh, thank you to the listeners for uh, listening in. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams. Thank you for listening. This is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, signing out.
Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. <laughs> 